Welcome back to the Mastering Video Marketing Podcast. I'm Tony Rielli. And I am Ben Carlson. That you are. That I am. We are today going to talk about the three types of video. The three types of video. At least for, for business. Yeah, so you have the we, video that goes like this yeah, and video goes yeah, like that. Yeah. What's What could possibly be For the people listening more? only. That was vertical <laughs> and horizontal, by the way. Thank you. I try, yep. try to always remember the... Remember you guys, you're we, audio only. That's right. That's we right. value you. We appreciate you too. Yeah, you listen, mowing your lawn. That's where I listen to a lot of my podcasts. When I'm or driving, mowing, yeah. yeah. So, no, we're, we're going to talk about the three types of video for business. Uh, we A while back, we broke this down, and I think it just kind of totally clicked for our clients. But yeah. we were able to break this down and explain to them uh, for project, for whatever your needs are, we need to start here at the very, very beginning, which is a very good place to start. That's right. Uh, but we need to start here and to figure out what is exactly is the purpose of this video. Yeah. Because far too many businesses fail at video when they try to take one video and they dump it into different types of this category. Right, right. So. Well, and I think what's what's hard is a lot of businesses are are still trying to, to find the value in video. We know the value in video. Um, and... And, but, you know, they, they say, oh, well, you know, we've done it differently for so long. So, you know, the, you we know, tried our, it that one time. Yeah. And we tried social media marketing or we tried doing a video and it just it didn't it, we didn't really see the, our money back on it. And that's exactly exactly why, why we want to talk about it's it. Almost today. always because they used a video from one category for a different category for the wrong category. Right. And it, oh, my gosh, it didn't work the way yeah. that it wasn't yeah. intended to use, be yeah. used. All right, so the three breakdown. We're going to start with number one. Uno, dos. Number one is video as an asset. Right. So what do I mean by that? Well, video as an asset is for, it could be for your website. It could be, like we always say, any website is going to benefit from having video on Absolutely. it. Any, any web page. It yeah. could be your front page, of course. It could be the video banner um, that's just showing off, a, that that rolls in the background instead of a, just a single image. We've got a video that yeah. scrolls through nice different imagery. images. Yeah, yeah. Um, it can be the about you product video, services video, team video, testimonials. Like right. all of these are great assets to have on your website. But that's not just you know we're not just talking about your website. It can be like if you do a lot of trade shows, if right. you do um, presentations, sales presentations, and orientation videos. Exactly. Yeah. So like um, HR, all, all these things. These are assets for your business that you would use just like any other thing, like photography, like. Um, like your logo, like it, yeah. it's an asset. Um, and you know, whatever that asset might be, you would potentially use and create that video for again, orientation, getting somebody up to speed on what, uh, your, what your company culture is like, what yeah. your new position is going to be like that, you know, a, a good video can really get somebody up to speed quickly, but that isn't necessarily a client facing video. Right. Sometimes yep. it is, but Oftentimes, that's just for that person that's sitting down and doing it. So, yeah. again, these are assets for those specific roles. Correct. Number two, video for a platform. Yeah. So, great example. Right now, we're doing a video podcast, which yeah. will go on our YouTube channel. There will also be the audio version of this, which goes on all the different streaming services. Right. But this is this is a podcast. Um, there's also uh, live streaming videos like Twitch and, and you know Facebook Live and all those types of things. Sure. Those are specific needs and benefits, you know, like say a house of worship or mm. 
uh, news or, or any of those things. Again, game streams and um, those, again, are uh, for that platform. So it, sure. where it's being optimized, being run for that need. But this also involves things like TikTok, short form video. Yeah. That, that's a platform. And, and if you're not creating the video specifically for the platform, it's not optimized for that type of viewership, the viewer habits, the expectations the viewers have behind it. Right. It'll underperform, you know. So let me ask you this. So in you're talking about shorts specifically, because that's I mean, that is really where everything is headed. Uh, you know, I think we've mentioned here many times on the podcast and numerous times to our customers, 80 percent of all media consumed is video. And a lot of that is transitioning into not just the social media platforms, but specifically shorts, reels, stories, those short form content. Um do can you just take one and multiply it across all of them, or are there specific strategies that you need across those different social media platforms? Um, so there's there's two fundamental approaches to that. There's the first one that you talked about, which was just kind of blanket using it. So when we do a lot of our short form content, whether it's the shorts that we you do directly into the camera, they're, they're videos that are shot for shorts, or things like we'll be taking our podcast and chopping that up into shorts, or pulling elements from some of our other content and turning that into shorts. A lot of times what we'll do for the sake of, uh, of speed and, and consistency so that we aren't falling behind and we can do daily content, uh, we'll take that same short and we'll do it in a um, in a format that is consistent for all of the short platforms. So for YouTube being kind of the lowest common denominator, maxing out at 60 seconds for a short, yeah. we choose to then cap our shorts at 60 seconds. Sure. Not that we couldn't go longer, but that's just going to make the everything else more difficult. Right, because then what we do is we blanket upload it to the, all, the, all those platforms. So again, we'll do YouTube shorts, TikTok, Instagram and Facebook reels, uh, Twitter even, and uh, LinkedIn because we're business to business. So sure. LinkedIn's a great place for us to put stuff. Uh, and we just take that same video file. We upload it all to all of them. Uh, obviously for YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram and Facebook Reels, those are actual shorts and Reels. That's a different algorithm and platform. We've talked about that a lot before. Um, and if you're new to that, check out our Video Pathfinder webinar. We talk a lot more about why it's important to be uh, utilizing. It's a free, awesome uh, marketing free. masterclass, yeah. completely free to download. Check it out, videopathfinder.com. Uh, but uh, for Twitter and uh, LinkedIn, for example, they don't have that same shorts or reels feed. So you just upload it like a regular video. But yeah. still, it gets that same sort of interaction and uh, on the platform, a lot of great organic reach. So for that, again, we're blanket uploading across everything for speed and efficiency. Yeah. That said, though, you are 100% correct. If you want to take that extra time or if you just want to get good at one platform and be dominant mm, on a single platform, sure. then it does take its own approach. You do have to kind of study what the viewer habits are uh, because viewer habits on, on Facebook and Instagram are a little different than TikTok and, yep. and YouTube shorts. And even just how people uh, use the search engine on those platforms. Yeah. TikTok, YouTube's always been a, the second largest search engine, I mean, for, for a long time at this point. Sure. But even uh, TikTok is becoming more and more used as a search Absolutely. engine. Yep. So making sure that you are optimizing the description of your video, not just throwing a couple pieces of text on there, but literally thinking, all right, what are people searching for? Sure. So will my content then show up in those searches? Yeah. Um, so yeah, optimizing your content is always going to be the best approach. It does take a lot more effort to do that. Sure. So 
There's, that's why I say there's, whether you want to go for efficiency or whether you want to just simply go for uh, you know, dominating a specific platform. Yeah. And there's some people that, that do that. They'll, they will focus all their energy on a specific platform and, and they excel at it. Well, and even, even ourselves. You know, when we're coaching our clients and we're talking, you know, de- developing strategies for our clients, very rarely are we going to say, all right, we're going to create a multifaceted ad campaign and we're going to blanket upload it across... No, we say we're going to create you an awesome Facebook ad campaign and we're going to do that very well because trying to take that, especially when we're talking about ads, organic reach shorts is a little bit different animal. But when we're talking about ads, trying to do that across platform very well can that's a that is a wild beast that you it is hard to be intentional for everything and be able to still be effective. Whereas, well, I think that segues us right into the third category, which go. is video as an ad. So summarizing again real quickly. Video as an asset, video for a platform, and video as an ad. Yeah. And to your point, exactly. The video as an ad, first and foremost, the content has to make sense for an ad. Because again, that's it's its own platform, whether it's you know for television where you get 30 or maybe 60 seconds. Right. Um, but if you're doing things like, say, a, a pre-roll ad on YouTube, you get five seconds or 15 seconds. Yeah. Um, and the other side of it, too, to your point, is that you need to be making that based on the the viewer habits of the platform again. Correct. So on on Facebook, if you're trying to get somebody to watch a 30 second or a minute or even a two minute, or, I mean, there are ads that I've seen where people do their whole podcast and they turn that into an ad. <laughs> and so they, you need to be catching people's attention in the yeah. first five seconds because that skip button is just waiting to be right. Oh, yeah, and, and I'm quick on you, it. When you're putting an ad out there on, on, on YouTube, it's invasive. Yeah. Most of the time it's, it's there. It's like, I'm here to watch a video and your ads getting in my That's way. All you're doing is getting in my way. Right. Uh, you're and, delaying my ability to do the thing that I'm there in the first place. And, and if you're trying even well-intentioned, if you're trying to provide a value proposition to them where it's like, this is going to improve your life. You're, you have to be able to show that in five seconds faster than how much they dislike you in those Absolutely. five seconds. And so that is prepared. A it's like, this is in my way. I'm ready to put that skip yeah. ad button. Not that it's impossible. There mm-hmm. are some very clever and very um, creative ways that I've seen where people have made it where it's like, oh, I enjoy where it's like, oh, I'll stick around for a little bit longer. Yep. And that's why we say brand awareness is the best approach to go on on YouTube ads mm. because people are less likely to click on a link on a YouTube ad, huge, much lower likelihood of sure. clicking on a link. So if they're going to see an ad and maybe tell them about a thing, great. That, that, that should be your main goal is just for them to aware, be aware that you exist. Yeah. So focus on that. Now, if you're looking for direct sales, lead generation, um, direct response marketing, where you're actually getting somebody to do something and not just watch your ad, Facebook and Instagram are much better platforms to sure. do that on. Because we find that the viewer habits on those platforms are much more discovery-based. Sure. When people go on YouTube, they're there to watch a video. They're looking for a video. They're, they're there. It's like on Netflix. Like, I'm, all right, this is the thing I want to watch. I now I want to watch it. I don't want to yeah. watch an ad. But when people are on Instagram or Facebook, they're in discovery mode. Like, yeah, let's see what, what Joe is doing, what, yeah. you know, what Sally's doing. What is the feed going to bring me yeah, today? Yeah, what's the what's new, new, uh, new news, new interests, all that kind of stuff. And then... So if an ad pops up that is relevant to something that they're interested in or care about or maybe have done a search for, sure. they're more receptive to it. That that those viewer habits are significantly higher, are more more ready, more prepared to be consuming that type of a content and potentially clicking on a link and seeing more about it. Yeah. Uh, so that's why we say again, 
an, a video. So we're kind of jumping around topically here, but like that's optimizing for the ad platform. Yeah. But just simply optimizing a video for an ad, you know, going back to our first category of video as an asset, so many times we've had cu customers that will take a corporate video that we've done that's beautiful, cinematic, yeah. tells a great story, and they just throw it as an ad on Facebook. And they're like, why is nobody clicking on yeah. this? Why, why are we getting no traffic, no viewership? Well, it's because it took 45 seconds to even see someone on the screen. Exactly. It was, and it, and that was purposeful. Like right. you we're setting a tone. It's like, if you go to a movie theater and you, you dim the lights down and then the mm. movie starts and the credits start to roll and the music, like you're getting into a mood. It doesn't just bam right in your face. Now maybe it does like some action movies, yeah, but sure. for the most part, it's there to set a tone and get you up to speed and all that kind of yeah. stuff. That's the, the, that's that type of content. Yep. But an ad Again, like we said before, we need to be getting to the point. We need to be catching their attention. We need to have a good hook in the first three to five seconds. Yeah. We need to get to the point. Yeah. We need to not be wasting their time. We need to have a singular call to action, not just talk about how amazing we are as a video or as a, as a business. Yeah. Um, you know, one, one of the shorts that I recently uploaded, I talked about how there can be no hero without a villain. Yeah. And it's such an important perspective because a lot of businesses will lead with how amazing they are. Mm -hmm. And I say, I paint the picture. I'm like, imagine you're watching a superhero movie and he never helps anybody. <laughs> he just walks around talking about how amazing he is. Just Superman be like, I, did you hear I saved the most adorable kitten? You guys should really be thanking me for this. Well, even stepping that, like he doesn't even talk about even the people that he's helped. He's just like, look at how strong I am. <laughs> and I got laser beams in my eyeballs yeah. and like yeah. I can make something cold. Okay, like, but he, we don't see him saving anybody. Mm, we don't hear any sure. stories of the successes that he's had. Yeah. He's, he's kind of a jerk. Right. He's not a hero. Yeah. But when a villain comes in and just wants to destroy everybody and the hero saves the day, oh my gosh, he's amazing. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, if you want to really get into like Superman versus Batman, you know, the people, there are people that loved him and Batman, all he saw was the threat that he was. Sure. And if Superman wasn't helping anybody, then, then he was just a threat. Yeah. So, that's something to even think about right there. Like if you aren't helping, if you can't show those stories in that brand of how you're helping people, yeah, you're, you're more of a threat yeah. <laughs> than and anything. Like you're just there to take my money. And, and so we want to be telling in our marketing message, those success stories, right? We want to show how you're the hero. Yeah. Not focusing on how amazing you are, how many years of, of in business you've been, how, yeah. How great you are at your widgets and your things and your speak and your your copy. Like no, I'm people so don't care good about at my that. widgets. And you know, another thing we say all the time is people don't care about your business until they care about your business. What do you mean? And the idea behind that is simply you a lot of businesses they want to lead with how great they are and how mm. cool they are and that, and that kind of stuff. And I'm like, that's not nobody cares about that. Yeah. They're not there to get excited about you or your brand and sure. tell like until you until you've won. You know, like Apple, people that love Apple love Apple because they love the products. They sure. don't just love a symbol of a, of a you know, half-eaten Apple. Yeah, right. They love the products. They love the brand. And then Apple, then people get excited. Oh, my God, the next keynote's coming up. And mm. what, what are they going to be talking about? They're excited about the brand when they don't even know what the next product is going to be. They're just sure. excited that, of what it could be. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, again, the first Marvel movies, stuff like that came out. Like, you know, Iron Man... A lot of people are like, "What's Iron? Who's Iron Man?" Like, you know, they, they, there wasn't a fanfare until they started having success, and then people were really excited about yeah. that next movie. Yeah. So people don't care about your business until they care about your business. So give up. Don't be focusing on what you're amazing at. Don't yeah. be focusing on what you're, what makes you super awesome. 
Focus on how the success stories you've had, how yeah. you've helped your customers, uh, how the problems you've solved, all those pain points that you've alleviated for your customers. Yeah. That's the thing that they're there for. That's what the only reason that they want to spend money in the first place. Right. You know, I, I always say, like, the only time a sale goes through is when the money in my wallet is worth less than the problem that your product solves. And and I think going back to video, it, it really even goes beyond beyond that kind of what we were saying is you have to be able to disrupt their attention enough to capture that with your value that you're offering. And so that's, you know, if I'm for people who maybe own businesses or in marketing that have to try and that are trying to justify this cost, it, you, to just, I'm sure the, the, the temptation is to say, oh, well, we'll just make a video and we'll cut it up because that's more effective. No, being more effective is being more intentional. And when you can be intentional in providing the best, highest value to your audience with a targeted message, that's going to be the most value because it's going to be more effective in saying, oh, yes, that does overcome my attention right now. That overcomes the cost. That overcomes my time. And and just trying to throw something up and see what sticks is not going to be effective. That's why oh, social media, I tried social media. It didn't work. Well, no you got to be intentional with creating that value to overcome whatever it is, the, those objections. And you have to do it in three to five seconds. Yep. That's tough. And well, the other side of it too is like, you know, as you were mentioning the being intentional, being strategic, a lot of times like in a good corporate video, it's going to talk about everything that the company offers yeah. and a good ad talks about one thing. Yeah. We're, we're trying to get them to do one thing. Now we might talk about how that one thing, here's all the ways that that one thing does go. Like here's a, here's all the problems that that one product sells. But I'm not there to buy every single, you know, like right. a good ad yeah. for Home Depot doesn't tell me about every product under the <laughs> sun. It talks about like this one thing that I might be interested yeah. in. And so, you know, and I see it all the time on people's websites. Like it amazes me how uh, how many call to actions uh, businesses can crawl yeah. under their biz, their website. Uh, because in their perspective, they're like, well, they have to know about all sure. the stuff that we offer, all the things that we have. And it just causes confusion. Yeah. You know, it's a whole Netflix thing where it's like, I, I, I'm just sitting there going, I, I can't decide. Yeah. I can't, I'm not, it's easier for me to, to not do fatigue. anything right. than it is to pick one thing. Yeah. If that's, that's a great challenge. Take a look at your own company website. Take, go, go right now. You can pause us and come back, but take a look and see, do you have uh learn more inquire here, book a call, find out here, uh, um, schedule sign up for this. our newsletter, sign up for this. And these are all great things, but at the end of the, you know, as, as your, your audience is going through it, the more decisions they have to make, that's the less they're going to make any. You know, we talk a lot about the customer journey and the importance of it. But if you think about a customer journey, if you're driving down a road and your GPS is just saying, go straight, you know, and, and there's no, there's no whys, there's no intersections. You just keep going. Yeah. You go, you're not even thinking about it. You're just going to that next step. Yeah. The second that you say, all right, now you have to pick a direction. Right. That you're adding a decision, you're adding. So if the, if somebody goes to your website, just give them one next step. Right. It's a lot easier to just go, what next step? Next yeah. step, book a call, reach out to us, shoot us an email, whatever that next step is, that the one next step. Sure. Otherwise, if you're, and this is also vitally important in your advertising as well, when you're running an ad, don't give them 15 different things that they could do. Right. Yeah. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, sign up for our e-newsletter, uh, go buy our product. Yeah. I mean, like, what, what do you want them to do? What's the whole point yeah. of this ad? And it should be doing one call to action. Not to be, to labor on that uh, metaphor, but you know, it's the same thing. If you're, if you're driving down the highway and you want to pull over, 
It's like, oh, there's a stop, easy access, easy back on, perfect. You're not going to stop. If if you're on, I, I used to live in Dallas, Texas, and there are interchanges that are going some six, seven stories high and you're interweaving. That's not the time where you're thinking, oh, you know, I could just pull off. No, you are focused on just making it through this. There's no decision making that's happening. And so giving your giving your audience just a nice, clear path where it's like, oh, yep, take the next exit. Easy on, easy off. I, they, I've been able to achieve what I needed to and move on with my daily life. I, you have taken very little from me, company. Thank you very much. I will be returning to for this. Absolutely. Pop Culture Corner. Do, 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 do. <laughs> well, I haven't had much time to watch much of anything <laughs> Same. lately. I mean, I think we talked about the Mario movie last time in our So that was the most recent thing that I have consumed. There is something that I am fascinated with. There is a there is a phenomena happening right now globally and it is the taylor swift eras tour and i know you are clearly a very big swifty and just not that you have anything against her but that's not yeah yeah. um but i'm not a big concert person as a whole that's fair that's fair i'm one of those people that like I, I love, I'll listen to an album or a song, whatever like that, and love it to death. And then I go to a concert and like, why, why are you doing it differently? That's not how I heard the song. <laughs> that's, a, that's actually exactly what I want to talk about. So there's this, this thing happening at Taylor Swift concerts. If you don't know, Taylor Swift is on tour, um, if you haven't heard. And it's, it is wild. One, she'll have twenty to 30,000 people outside of the stadium singing along and enjoying the concert along with the 70,000 plus inside the stadium that she's selling out three nights in a row. She has the, she has 10, her 10 past albums are on the top 200. Like she's breaking every billboard record that there is to break and she's just smashing it. But what I find more interesting, Swifties in general are a fascinating group. My wife is one of them. Um, and the, the level that they've gone into, um, just like following this frenzy of Taylor Swift, I think is fascinating. But Taylor Swift and her people have been incredible at being very intentional in giving them things to chew on. And so there are, Taylor Swift is notorious for hiding in secret messages and hiding little things and hiding little nuggets that three albums from now will make sense from something that she said a year ago. And it's like, Oh, and and you, the entire time it was completely on purpose. So it's is she as an entertainer, she is fascinating to watch. But what I find what's this this thing that's happening are these. It's it's do you, are, do you, are you familiar with the Rocky Horror Picture Show? Vaguely, I haven't never seen it, but I've seen parts of it. Yeah. So there is so Rocky Horror Picture Show is a cult classic that um, has it. I might get a lot of hate from this. It's not a great movie. <laughs> I know I said it. My father-in-law loves it. He's watched it over a hundred times, he, but he, it came out when he was kind of like coming up and, and as a teenager. And um, so like he really dug Rocky Horror Picture Show. And uh, now when you go to like the midnight showings, people are dressed up in costumes and, but there's this, there's this whole um, world around these cult favorites where like one of the things people bring in toast during one scene and you throw toast at the screen and it's just an accepted thing. And there's, there's different call and responses that happen during uh, the show. And these same things are happening during uh, the Taylor Swift 
the Taylor Swift eras tour where these, these call to actions and these like cult followings where this wasn't scripted. It wasn't anything that anyone told anyone to do as the shows progress. They've just been adding more and more and more. They've just been adding more and more and more. And it is what's fascinating about it to me, just as, as you know, we, we, as we were at a Packer game uh, last season, talking about how do you create fans? Like not just how do you create an audience? There's a lot of, there's a lot of um, acts with comedians, sports teams, uh, singers. There's a lot of comedians that can bring in a big audience. There is no one that can bring in fans like Taylor Swift. Period, and I'm I'm sure K-pop would like to disagree, and I'm sure, um, but but even still, that the the idea that she has done such an amazing job of turning her fans in and into these these Swifties, I think is re, is a really neat kind of just a case study for anyone who is trying to do any sort of brand awareness. If you could get just uh, a piece of Taylor Swift hair and put it into your magic potion that you're trying to do, you would be set. Um, but I think there was to, for me, you know, just tying it all back together, the, the idea that um, her intentionality and everything she does is what has allowed her fans to come along on that ride. And I feel like there are a lot of brands out there that just miss that. They're like, Oh no, we're just, we're, we're going to be all about the music, man. Or yeah. we're going to be all about, we just want to talk about our product. We don't need all the rest of this. Well, you're missing out. You're missing out on the fun. You know, one yeah. of the things that we talk about in our ebook is um, about creating fans. And, and I think that there's a magic power that can happen. Uh, you know, we've even found it in a lot of our videos where um, we've had a video do okay. And then all of a sudden it hits the algorithm and people start just jumping on it, even before, even beyond what we would think is like a normal reach for a video. Mm-hmm. There's a power when when you can get that fandom in on it. Well, and, and you you mentioned it like that the the little nuggets that she drops in there, rewarding your fans. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think the best IPs are doing a good job of that, where they can tell a good story. On you know, I'm gonna you, somehow I'm managing to, to pull in <laughs> Picard season three in there. I would expect but, nothing um, less. But to just you know talk about like how they they rode the line all perfectly in my opinion of if you were a past fan and you've seen all these different elements of Star Trek, they they referenced it. But if you weren't, if you sure. haven't watched all nine hundred previous episodes of Star Trek, you can watch it and just enjoy because it it's a good story. It's a good yeah. you know. So like you know my wife, even though we've we've gone through most of Trek, she doesn't remember it nearly as sure. well as I do. So she won't recognize those references unless I call them out. Mm. But she's going in, this is just great. This is yeah. really enjoyable to watch. And I'm going in there like, oh, they did that little thing. Yeah. And there's something I didn't even recognize. I go on t- Twitter, <laughs> Facebook, and people are like, did you see that? I'm like, oh, man, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, so being rewarded as a fan, I think that because you can look for those things, you can enjoy those elements. Um, but then, but not making it so that all it is is just a giant Easter egg hunt. Right. Sure. And then it's, you know, okay, well, you know, I found the most Easter eggs, you know, but was there any substance to it? Yeah, right. No, I just went looking for Easter eggs. Yeah. So that's that line. Yeah. Um, and I think the best brands are doing a great job of rewarding fans with that type of content uh, while still focusing on being just good at their yeah. at their storytelling yeah. or their music or whatever it might be. Well, I, 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 it's, I don't think it is a magic formula. I mean, Taylor Swift has, has figured it out very well, but it really is just intentionality. You know, it, and 
even if it's simple as simple as I'm going to create a content calendar when I'm putting out my coming back to the social media or a marketing aspect of it and and just putting in yeah I'm going to call back to you know we did this video clip it did very well or I did this clip and it was a highlight of that we found as a company that we that we wanted to showcase so I'm going to call back to it so the people that got to enjoy it and people that enjoyed it in the first place are going to be rewarded in seeing it again and you know it's also a really good strategy when it comes to even just continuing your engagement, like YouTube algorithm favors when people watch a video all the way through, of course. Yeah. But then they also favors a lot when they watch another video of yours. Mm. And so that's why, like, one of the things that we started doing more recently in into our videos was to, at the very end of, of some of our content, I'll, I'll reference back. I said, you know, here we're talking about this subject. And if you want to learn more about that subject, you can click on this video and then potentially people will continue watching. So obviously they're watching more of our content, which we are happy that they yeah. are. But the algorithm really does like that because if they watch a video all the way through and then they watch another video, it means your stuff must be pretty good. Yeah. And this isn't tooting our own horn. This is using that example. If if you don't have a continuity or if you don't have a plan for what you're doing, you're just kind of willy nilly going out there. You won't have that. Oh, hey, we've been talking about this. Go back and watch it or we're, stay tuned because we're going to be talking about X, Y, Z. So it, again, it all comes back to intentionality. And I think that's what all the really great audiences really favor. They, they, they appreciate the intentionality behind it. I'm not a major Swifty. Um, I love her music. I, um, she has definitely in, in grown incredibly as an artist. Um, but, but I, I have to respect the game, you know, the, the, the level that she, she is at another level than anyone else. And I think like to your point, Picard has done the same thing. We've talked about this where I don't even feel I have to watch Picard just because I've enjoyed so much watching you geek out about it and how, how much it means to you and the fact that they're able to pull all these elements back in and do it so well. So absolutely. Well, well we covered a lot of subjects. I, I think, and you feel free to, to fact check me on this internet, but I would dare say that we are the only internet or the only podcast that has talked about video marketing uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show, Taylor Swift's uh, Eras Tour, and Season 3 of Picard. Do feel free to fact check me on I, that. Show us one other podcast. Please do. Yeah. I would, I would yeah. gladly see it. And we'll probably subscribe because they sound like our kind of people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you watching. so much. It's been great. And we'll see you next time.